0: Have you ever pretended that you're not going to die? Have you ever thought, you know, maybe, <clears throat> maybe I'm different from everyone else, and yeah, everyone else dies, that's a reality, but, but that's not going to happen to me. I've thought that before, and then the next thought was, man, that's nuts, isn't it, you know? But I read an article recently in Psychology Today that said a large percentage of us do that. We sometimes sort of in the in this way of dealing with the anxiety that we feel about death, sometimes pretend that's just not going to happen to me. We actually do this in lots of ways. We sort of overcome the anxiety that's related to the fact that one of these days I'm going to die with lots of methods. Sometimes we use drugs to sort of deaden the pain. Sometimes we accumulate wealth in the sense that if I have enough wealth, that equals power. And and somehow, the way our brains work, we feel like that makes me powerful enough to overcome death. Sometimes we sort of take the smaller anxieties of life and focus on them so we can avoid this big anxiety. Sometimes we diminish ourselves to make us feel worthless to die smaller deaths so that the reality of real death doesn't seem as close. We do all of this stuff because we are afraid of death. We don't want to deal with the reality. And you know, sometimes we can sort of push that to the background so much that it almost feels like for a time, at least, it's not there. And then something happens that snaps us back to reality, doesn't it? And that's happened in a couple of ways for me just in the past few weeks. Maybe for some of you, too, when Dave Hawley, our brother, our friend, passed away, man, it was so sudden. Now, Dave was 87, and he'd be the first one to tell us he was not a spring chicken, right? Right? and yet he was out in the community that day i saw him he was at church the sunday before at bible study the monday before he was with us and then suddenly he was gone and somehow that has a way of reminding us of just how real death is and how suddenly it can come that same week on on saturday our daughter drove home from, from college uh, for spring break. And if you remember two Saturdays ago, the the weather was terrible, worse than it is today. There was all these storms and there were storms between where she was coming from and here and we kept looking at the map trying to find the best time for her to leave because she had to be out of the dorm and, and all this was going on and all day long I was concerned about her and what she was driving through and praying that she would be safe and I asked a couple people in the church to pray for her during that day and... And I was just so relieved when I heard the car pull up in the driveway. And then that evening, I read that two sisters that go to the same college that she goes to were in a car accident. One of them had minor injuries, but one had a a severe brain injury. And then a week later, she passed away. Her name was Mary Joy Eubeline. Her funeral was yesterday. College age. And again, it snaps me back to the reality of death. Now, it's not necessarily what we want to dwell on. We don't really want to think about death. And yet, you know, it's it's enough a part of life that it is unavoidable. And we are certainly not the first ones to deal with this. this. Biblical writers dealt with this over and over again. And today, I want us to think about that. We continue in this series that we're calling Seeing the Unseen. It's all about the mystery of the Gospel. And sometimes the Gospel, the good news of Jesus, becomes so familiar to us that we forget its power. It becomes commonplace every day. And we forget just how powerful this story is To deal with the real issues of life. Now last week we began the series and we thought a little bit about Jesus' death. And we thought about what that means for us. That Jesus dying on a cross changes things for you and me in that because he was God's son and because he was sinless, his death on a cross could bring forgiveness to me. And that changes this life. Because in Jesus, I find forgiveness. In Jesus, a relationship with God is opened up to me that I could not open up myself because of my own sin. Because of the fact that I've distanced myself from God. Jesus brings me back. But that's not the end of the story. In this great chapter in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul opens up so much of this, and he deals at the beginning, in just the first three verses, with the power of Jesus' death. But that is certainly not where he stops. And so today and next week, I want us to explore the rest of this chapter where Jesus deals with not just the death of Jesus, but what happened next. And so we read a bit about that, beginning in 1 Corinthians chapter 15... Verse 3, and that's where we left off last week. This is what Paul says. For I received, for what I received I passed on to you as of first importance. As I said last week, this is the most important thing for us to hear. This paragraph, and he says that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. This was God's plan. It was not an accident. It didn't just sort of happen suddenly. Everything was going great in Jesus' ministry, and then this one week happened, and everything went bad, and at the end of it, Jesus died. No, that's not the way it happened. God had been pointing forward to this for literally hundreds of years. So it was the fulfillment of God's plan. But then it continues. Verse 4, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. Now, what's that telling us? Jesus was really dead, right? Okay, it's not that he sort of was on the cross and, and the injuries were so severe he sort of faints. No, he was dead. He was dead so they buried him. They knew he was dead. Just like we know death when we see it, they knew death when they saw it. And so they buried Jesus. But that too was not the end. On the third day, he was raised from the dead. In verse 5, that he appeared to Cephas, Peter, and then to the twelve. So, certainly Jesus' death was prophesied and then fulfilled. This was part of God's plan. He died on a cross for my sins. But Jesus' death was not the end. If Jesus' death was the end, we probably would never have heard about it. Because you see, there was more power than just allowing Jesus to die, though that was powerful because he was sinless. It's also that Jesus was buried and then raised from the dead. Jesus had power over death because God was at work in him. And then we read the stories in the Gospels and Paul sort of recounts that this happened, that Jesus began to appear to people And on that third day, it happened pretty quickly. Peter sees Jesus, Cephas. And then the rest of the apostles see Jesus. There are witnesses to this, and it changes everything. Verse 6. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. What's Paul telling us? He's telling us, listen. It wasn't just that a few people imagined this. It's not just that a few people met on that Sunday morning and said, okay, this is all over. This that we've been living for for the last three years has been snuffed out and and now we've got to figure out a way to keep going. So let's just tell the story that Jesus was raised from the dead. No, it's not just a few people. It's not just Peter and the 12. It was 500 people who saw Jesus alive. And Paul says at that point, there were still many of them who were living. Why does he say that? Because they were still telling the story. They were telling what they had seen. This happened. This was real. Jesus actually was raised from the dead. And because he was raised from the dead... It looks forward. Now, Jesus was raised from the dead, not like Lazarus, and not like some in the Old Testament, right? We have these occasional stories of people who were raised from the dead by by those who had the Spirit of God at work within them, even Jesus. But all of those people before Jesus, like Lazarus, like all the others, they're not hanging around today, are they? They died again. Their physical body was raised from the dead. But Jesus was different. Jesus wasn't raised from the dead to die again. Jesus was raised from the dead to ascend to God and to return. His body doesn't die again. It sort of looks forward to the bodies that we will be given when we too are raised from the dead. You see, this changes everything, it looks forward. So in this one chapter we have Paul looking back to the sin of all of humanity and tracing it forward to Jesus' death and his burial and then his resurrection. What does this mean for us? Now, we're going to just wade into this a little bit today. We're going to go deeper into it next week when we bring this series to a close and and how Paul looks forward in all this. But I would like to look at just a couple verses a little further down in this chapter. Verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Okay? Okay? We've established that, Paul says. Listen, there's people who saw it. It's real. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. What does he mean by that? It's this. Yes, people have died. And yes, Christians have died. People who have followed Jesus have died. But Jesus raised from the dead is like the first of many. It's just the beginning. It's a sign of what is yet to come. Verse 21, for since death came through a man, Adam, The first man died because of his sins, and we have followed his example. The resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, Jesus, God's Son. For as in Adam all die, such a great verse, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. And so, here we are. As human beings who know that we are mortal, who know that death is a part of our reality, who, who try to avoid that because of the anxiety that it brings to us and then suddenly have to face it once again, we who face that are reminded in this passage that it is not the end. That there is more to this story. Just like Jesus died and was buried, that's going to happen to me. And it's going to happen to you. As much as we might try to sort of avoid that thought and find ways to deal with it and overcome its anxiety, it is real. But what is also real is that Christ points us forward to resurrection. Christ points us forward to what is yet to come, and that's when he raises us from the dead and we spend eternity with him in heaven. So the message for us is only Jesus defeats death. Now, there's lots of people who have been religious teachers throughout human history, right? Lots of people who have talked about God, And some of them have had the truth, and we see that in Scripture, and we know some of them have spoken things that are simply not true, and we know that some sort of had an inkling of the truth, but not the full truth. So there's been great people. We know that there are people who have claimed to work wonders, claimed to do great things, but there's no one like Jesus. There's no one who's been raised from the dead like Jesus Christ, and points us forward to when we will be raised from the dead. It sets Jesus apart. This story, this reality, changes how we understand God, how we understand ourselves, how we understand both life and death. Because only Jesus defeats death. It sets him apart. No one else can make that claim. Now, when we think about that, and we think about how that changes reality for us as Christians, well, there's several things that come to mind. You know, if, if we don't have the hope of the resurrection, if we don't have the hope of eternal life, what's this life about? Now, we can sort of we can face it, deal with it, handle it, approach it in lots of different ways. And it might be that we say, well, I'm just going to, I guess, since you know, when I die, that's the end of things. I guess I'll just try to do some good in this life or maybe I'll just try to get as much out of life as I can, right? We could approach it in that let me do some good things for the people around me or we could say let me do some good things for myself because when this ride is over, there's no more. Or maybe we could say let me just try to leave the earth a better place than when I got here. Do my little bit to to make things better for those who come after me. But Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, this that's at the core, the heart of the gospel, Jesus says that's not the way we live it. That there's more to this than just that. And it's true because of a couple things. Actually more than we could even cover today. But first of all, because Jesus is Lord, right? This story has power because Jesus is Lord. He is God's Son. And His death, burial, and resurrection point to and confirm that fact. Now, if Jesus really is the Son of God, if He is Lord, then we have to deal with the question of, am I going to follow Him or not? Am I going to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Am I going to be a Christian or not? I have to grapple with that question once I know who he is. And if he's the son of God, then he deserves everything I've got. He deserves all that I am and all that I can give. Am I going to follow him or not? And he challenges us to deal with the fact that he really was Raised from the dead. And if Jesus was raised from the dead, and he's got the power to overcome death, then it's my decision, am I going to follow that or not? Because it changes life, and it changes death, and it changes eternity. Now, we look back. You know, I can, I can think back to the world of Paul. Paul. We can think back to the world in which he lived, where, you know, the anxiety over death was just as real then as it is now. And many of the philosophies that had been developed in the time of Paul the Epicureans, the Stoics, you can read all about that in the history of philosophy. Much of what they were dealing with was the anxiety over, what do we do with the fact that this life is finite? Maybe we just get as much out of it as we can. Maybe we spend our lives trying to overcome that anxiety and tamp it down and somehow control it. That's what it was about in so many ways. You see, they were very much like us. And Paul rejects all of that and says there is something more. There is Jesus. And because Jesus was different than everyone and everything that came before him, and we have to grapple with the identity of this figure, this historical figure who was God's son and who was raised from the dead, because of that, it changes. And we have to decide, am I going to spend this life following me? Am I going to spend this life making myself Lord? Or am I going to spend this life with Jesus as Lord? Because if he's Lord, I've got to follow his plan. I've got to submit myself, my relationships, my money, my time, my work, to Jesus because look what he's offered me there's nobody else who's offering me real forgiveness there's nobody else who's offering me a relationship with God there's nobody else who's offering me eternal life and if Jesus has given me all that and given it freely why would I not want to follow him Nobody else loves me that much. Nobody else loves you that much. No one else can make those kinds of promises to you, but Jesus can. And so, we're left with this choice. You know, maybe you've been sort of contemplating, am I going to follow Jesus or not? Let me encourage you to make that decision. Make that decision to commit yourself to Him. And we talked about some of how to do that. We even witnessed it last week in faith and repentance and baptism. But maybe, you know, maybe you're in a different position. Maybe you've committed to Jesus a long time ago. Maybe you've called yourself a Christian for many years. But there's really not been a whole lot to go along with that. And you recognize, you know what? This stuff matters. This stuff is real. And if I'm going to follow, call myself a Christian, then I need to follow Jesus Christ and really submit myself in every way to his call on my life. So, wherever you are in that, taking those first steps of faith, or maybe reflecting on decades of sort of calling yourself a Christian, but not really living it out. Why not make the decision today? I'm going to make Jesus Lord of my life. Because Jesus offers life in a way no one else does. What are you going to decide? Let's pray together. God, if we're really honest with you and with ourselves, we know that death creates... Anxiety within us. We're worried about our own deaths. We're worried about losing people we love. But God, we're thankful that you have defeated our greatest enemy. And we're thankful that in Christ, we can look forward to resurrection. And God, we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were to make a decision, let us know. Come forward as we stand and sing our invitation. Let's stand. Again.